Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and thank you for being back in Soul Talk. Today, we have a friend that uh, I just met uh, a while back talking about spirit, and she caught my attention in there, and it was so transformative, the talk that she gave in there, that I actually have a session with her, and that was so, so helpful in so many levels, in so many ways that I wanted to present with you guys. Her name is Tanis. I hope I pronounced well her last name. Coglin? Yeah, Tanis Coglin. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> so, Tanis, please uh, tell everybody a little bit more about what you do. And uh, because your work is really impressive, it is really amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So, I. I do stuff. I always joke I do stuff because uh, I do a wide variety of things. Uh, primarily, you know, I do healing work with people. So whether that's through energy healing, um, the use of crystals, I do ceremonial healing. So I'm I'm a Reiki master, Aqualead master, uh, which is another healing modality that heals the water in the body. Um, I do one called Nocti, which actually heals trauma at a cellular level. So it actually reprograms the cytoplasm within the cells to release trauma. So there's different energy modalities that I do. So those are just two examples. Um, and then I do Celtic shamanic high priestess work. So this includes a whole bunch of different stuff in, as well. So I do ceremonial healings, um, meaning things like cord cutting and uh, soul retrievals, um, curse removals, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and then, you know, with that comes house clearings and, you know, working with people's energies, if they have dense energies and stuff um, attached and that kind of thing. So we work through those kinds of things. But, you know, really trauma and and forgiveness work is uh, what I do a lot of, I would say. So, so yeah, I do that stuff. I do stuff. <laughs> love that. <laughs> I love that term, stuff. <laughs> because, yes, uh, we're, we're all energy. And we forget that we're energy. So we're going to be attracting and, and modifying our energy, depending on our emotions and thoughts. Yeah. And that's something that even if we hear it over and over, that we're creating our reality through our thoughts and emotions, we still forget that that's how the law of attraction works. And, and not only that, uh, we get our, we get influenced in a way, in so many levels through that stuff. <laughs> through that yeah, exactly. And so how do you work with that uh, energy that uh, that the people are attracting to themselves when they're vibrating in, in lower emotions, like anger, like depression, like all those kind of things? Mm -hmm. So there's different, um, different versions of that kind of energy, right? Um, there's the ones where it's just a lot of like, there's regret, there's shame, guilt, um, you know, that sort of stuff. And that's where forgiveness really plays a big role. So I use the Ho'oponopono with uh, a lot of people. And that's really, it's from the Huna tradition. I, I use a little bit of a different version just because it's been modified as I went through my, my client work and stuff. Um, but that really does help a lot of people in a lot of ways. And it's so simple. I remember when I first found it, it was like, I needed to do some of my own healing, of course, you know, that's how we get into these things, right? We have our own work to do. And we start um, working through our own healing work, our own path, in order for us to be able to help others. So, you know, you and I have both been through our own stuff. And uh, <laughs> there's that word again. Uh, and then we work through that so that we know what it's like, right? And so I think that is really helpful when we're 
when we come into the healing world, because it does enable us to be able to be empathetic to our clients and be able to have that compassionate approach with them. And so when I found the Ho'oponopono, I remember people telling me, you know, just, just, just forgive them, just let it go. And I was like, I don't know how to do that. Like, how do you do that? And when I found the Ho'oponopono, it was like, there's a way to do that here. This is the way, right? And so that really sort of um, pushed me through my own journey in a, in, in a time when I really needed it. So that's a, that's a big tool for that stuff. When we get into worry and all of that, like then you're looking at more like reframing, you know? So our, why are we worrying about what's going to happen next week? Let's focus on here and now right? What's going on right now? Because really, worry and anxiety are future-based, guilt and shame are past-based. So if we're right now, this is where we find the peace, is right now. And just a reminder to our listeners, uh, if you don't know what is Honopono, it is basically, it is, I'm sorry, please forgive me, I love you, and thank you. Mm -hmm. But something that I learned with Tan is that actually you can add more stuff in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we go to do healing work on ourselves, because we have a lot of, a lot of times we need to forgive ourselves for things that we perceive that we've done that have been not as good as we would have loved, right? Or mistakes. We might see them as a mistake, right? Um, and the reason I put it that way is because really everything happens for a reason. So is it a mistake? Well, it's an opportunity for learning, right? So when we need to sort of release some of the energy around that, I often will do, and I've done this myself, um, stand in front of the mirror and I do the Ho'oponopono and I add in two phrases. When it's for yourself, it's, I'm sorry, please forgive me. You are worthy. I love you. Thank you. You are enough. There's so many times that we don't feel worthy. And we don't feel like we're enough. You know, there's that imposterism thing that we all step into, right? <laughs> I'm doing this work. Am I worthy of doing this work? Am I like, am I full of crap? What, like, you know, what's happening here? So, so we often will step into that, right? Even when we, we, our head knows, yes, but our programming is keeping us from believing. We've been gaslighted so much since we were kids. When we have these imaginary friends, when we were growing up, and none of the adults can see it. And it tells, oh, there's nothing there. Oh, no, there's, don't believe in the angel that you saw. That's true yeah. imagination. You have a great imagination that we grow thinking, even if we're seeing and feeling and sensing them and hearing them, we like, no, that is not possible. That is just my imagination. I'm dreaming. That is mm -hmm. not possible. And we continue doing that as an adult. Mm -hmm. We stop believing in our own magic. Yeah. And that's why we lost it. And yeah. to get back and believing in ourselves on a deeper level, but like that, you believe deeper in your own magic that yeah. we already have. So, yeah. And that magic is innate in all of us. Like, that's, we all have this divine spark. I don't, it doesn't matter who you are or um, what you do in life, we all have this divine spark, and that's the soul. That's what we came here as, right? And then we were born into these little meat suits that we wear. Mm -hmm. And we wear them for the amount of time that we're here this lifetime. And then we pass on and we come back again if we still have lessons. So in my lineage, what they teach is really we, we, um, we have many past lives. And we have like this whole list of, you know, things we got to learn as a soul before we can become enlightened or creative creator beings, right? And this whole list is things that we need to come down and learn. So we end up making soul contracts with our soul family. So we're like, okay, so you and I are going to meet when we're like four and we're going to, you know, we're going to learn how to share. And then you and I are going to meet when we're 16 and we're going to learn about new love. And then you and I are going to have a child and you and I are going to get married. And, you know, it, we have these soul contracts with people it's and those, as we go through those, that's how we start to learn what our soul needs to learn in order to be creator beings, because we are creator beings even here. 
but it becomes even more so when we are in soul form. And so, you know, there's one thing that uh, I always wonder, like, when I first started my journey, I'm like, past lives, like, what, how much of an effect does that have, right? But wow, I have had so many clients where there's something that happened in a past life that is like totally holding them back. Because if you think about it, when we have a trauma in, in our life, we don't think about it all the time, but it sits there. So it either becomes aches and pains or disease or whatever that may be, or it becomes an emotional block and we can't move forward because there's this innate fear, for instance. Example, uh, somebody almost drowns when they're a kid. And then they have a fear of water. They may not even remember the almost drowning, but they have this fear of water that's innate in them. Well, past lives can be the same way. So you have somebody that drowns in a past life. Mm -hmm. They come here and they don't want to be in water. It's just, it's in them. Because this divine spark, this energy that is the soul that we take from one life to another life on earth, I should say, or life, hmm, physical life. Thank you. Um, That we take from, they talk to me all the time, that we take from one physical life to another. So that's like your soul DNA. And the soul DNA, the soul, that energy that I'm talking about, it actually weighs three quarters of an ounce. They've done studies on that before and after um, death. And bodies are consistently Uh, I think it's two thirds to three quarters of an ounce in that range difference. A question that I've been asking myself uh, for a while. Mm -hmm. And in fact, even in the morning, I had a talk with my son that it was a big boom um, in the community about a woman that do regressions. Mm -hmm. And she have about seven or eight lives she only talks about her safe or eight lives when she was a queen in different kingdoms and so and so and that's all she talks about and she was telling me that people were saying they didn't believe in past lives because it was impossible that a human being has five or six lives as a queen and I told him it is possible Mm -hmm. she forgot to mention when she was a slave when Mm -hmm. she was gay when she was a male when she was a prostitute when she was yeah all those were important lives too absolutely those are filled with the most learning those lives right and we have to fulfill all roles all types of roles so we have to be male female other right we have to be um straight gay other we were already witch and we already burn us i remember two of my past lives Mm-hmm. Which, so and many of the light workers and the star seeds or people that are healers we were already burning in the stake at least once <laughs> so, so interesting so here's an interesting thing so the way we're supposed to play both sides i actually i had two separate lifetimes one where i was a witch and one where i was a bishop and i was one of the judges in witch trials and I, I had to do some clearing work on that life. I'll tell you. <laughs> That's what it was like. And it was interesting the way it was shown to me because um, the guides showed me almost both of them like superimposed on each other. So that I was seeing myself sitting here in the chair as the witch or the the plaintiff, and then I was seeing myself as a judge over here. And so it was like both lives were superimposed on top of each other for me in this visual. And uh, getting goosebumps. Um, and <laughs> that's my confirmation, guys. Um, so, um, yeah, so I had to really like, I had to do some real healing work on that because, it, like, whoa, to be told that you were like in that position when, like, like, you know, I'm a light worker, witchy girl now. So, oh my gosh, what did I do? <laughs> right. And not only we to encounter again and again the same people that we were in past lives. Like mm-hmm. I remember one time I was with my ex-husband and he was telling me to do something and he was really controlling and it just hit me, the wave of uh, remembrance mm-hmm. of my past lives. And I completely remember when I was a black woman and I was his slave. Mm-hmm. 
And I told him, hey, I'm not going to be doing this in this timeline. And he didn't believe his life. And he's like, what are you talking about? You were my slave owner. Like, I don't believe you. But I still, this moment, I still remember when I was his slave and I was the black woman and it was his slave. And funny, in this timeline, we got married. And, and it was how the, the dynamics actually work. So we can understand the different uh, types. At the end, it is about learning to love ourselves deeply. Yeah. And the other persons that it was cruel in the other timeline, that we still have to love them. Yeah. Learn to love them in this timeline. So, and that's where the Ho'oponopono can help. Yes. yes. Not only with this timeline, but, you know, like that kind of thing that you're talking about there, you could go back and if, I mean, I think you're fairly visual, so you can go back and picture that other timeline and do the Ho'oponopono on him as he looked in that timeline, as opposed to this one, right? And then you can do it on him now. And it's, it just, it creates this multi-dimensional healing because we are multi-dimensional beings and there is no time and space, right? Everything is happening right now. And we just go and visit different now moments, depending on where we're at. So as people get confused about uh, traveling to past lives or future lives or different dimensions, that is a different place. Mm -hmm. In reality, it's in the same place and everything is happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know it's confusing because it, it has never been taught that way. No. It has been taught that it is past us and behind us. And the future is behind in front of us. But in reality, everything is happening at the same time. And all the dimensions too. Mm-hmm. 5D is not another place. No. It is a different state of conscience. Yeah. That's all it is. Well, and it can be a different state of being as well. Um, you know, because when we talk about our guides and stuff, right, everything is vibration. So as we know, when we have higher vibration things like frequency, um, in terms of like sound, it's high vibration. And so sound is invisible, right? It's, it can be all around us, but invisible. Um, when we are in our physical state, you know, there's this, uh, we, and we've, we've talked about this before we've got this, you know, our hearing range is here, for instance, mm-hmm. and then we have, um, you know, the it, something like a dog whistle. It's a very high vibration sound, so it's not actually in our hearing range. So it's like out here, right? So we're not aware that it's there. It doesn't mean it's not acting on us or that it's not there. It just means we're not. It's not in our awareness. As we start to raise our vibration, which is what's happening to the Earth right now as a whole. So those of us that are actually working on our own vibrations and healing work as well, it's happening exponentially. As we start to raise that vibration, we open up this awareness and we start to become aware of things that are outside of what we would have considered our normal range. That's really how it it works for us, right? When we have, um, you know, our range is now larger and we're more aware of more things. And that's kind of when you and I tap in, for instance, into the other frequencies, we start to be aware of, you know, our guides, we start to be aware of, um, you know, perhaps those that have passed on, but have not crossed over. Uh, (laughs) You know, many people call them ghosts, they're just beings that are in that in between. And, uh, you know, that that's all happening around us all the time but we just don't realize it unless we're aware and we start to open up that is so true uh before we go into that area i wanted to ask you Mm -hmm. do you carry the ptsd from a past life Mm -hmm. this timeline and Mm -hmm. you work uh ptsd in this timeline when it comes from a past life i have done the hoponopono it's so I, PTSD. Yeah. It's a tra- trauma. It is. I mean, you have to do some more stuff as well. Um, you know, doing some soul retrieval mm-hmm. to, before that. Uh, I use the Nukti a lot because uh, it really helps to, because it goes into all the cells, right? Where our energy, our soul energy permeates all of our cells when it's here, right? It's not just a little 
So it permeates everything. So when I use the the nook tea, it actually goes into all of that energy and and helps to transform it. Um, but doing the forgiveness work on the past life is is very impactful. It heals the energy, the the um, connection to the experience. That's what Habonopono does. So it's not just about forgiving that person, but it really does help to bring healing to the whole situation in that because we are all connected. So really with the Ho'oponopono, you're, you're bringing healing to the all, to the one, right? And as we create that healing to the one that's going down, the, it might go down that energetic cord to, to that particular situation, to that particular um, us in a past life. It's still very impactful. So um, I actually have an example of that. So I had uh, one of my first past life experiences. Um, this was kind of before I, but this was actually the experience that convinced me of past lives. Um, I, I sat down to meditate and I just instinctively, intuitively picked up two crystals. I had celestite in my receiving hand, which I didn't know. I just intuitively did this, but I was actually asking for angelic assistance. Um, and I had dimediorite in my releasing hand. So this is for past lives. So I didn't know that I was asking for angelic assistance to release past lives intuitively. Anyway, so I sit down with these two crystals and I'm like, okay, I'm going to meditate. And I close my eyes. And all of a sudden I have a movie playing in my head and I am like the skull remade of this household. It was back in medieval times. And let's just say I was, well, this is for mature audiences. So just, you know, if this, if you get easily triggered, please just don't listen to this part. Um, basically I was being held down on um, one of the old kitchen tables by four men and taken, right? Not in a nice way. And so it was um, traumatic for me to be in that position. Um, and I was experiencing the whole emotional piece all over again. So I was sitting on my bed meditating, but I was like crying because I was in this in this position. And all I could see was the owner of this uh, this my boss, uh, his face, like right here. And I started, I had just learned the Ho'oponopono and I started doing it on his face because that was sort of the anchor to that point. Um, and within a few moments, all of a sudden I was more calm. His face disappeared. Um, I ended up having it come back, I think two or three more times. And I just did the Ho'oponopono right away and released and now I can talk about it without any sort of emotional, physical reaction, right? You know, we, we have our emotions as a physical reaction, whether it's a crying, whether it's tightening, whether, you know, um, I don't have any of that now. Whereas at, right at the time, it was a very physical, visceral reaction to what was happening. So that experience convinced me, like that was very pivotal for me for my practice, because I realized the, the, the huge support that Ho'oponopono can be in dealing with that kind of trauma. It also made me realize how much of a difference past lives make in our current life, you know, because I was obviously carrying that energy in my field for me to have that kind of a visceral reaction, but had no idea. It's kind of like when we have trauma when we're, when we're kids and we like block it out because it's too traumatic to face. It's similar in that way. That's one of the reasons why they give us the, the veil forgiveness. Yeah. So we don't have traumatic memories so present in yes. our life, uh, in our actual life right now. So we can continue progressing, but that doesn't mean that trauma is completely forgotten. It is imprinted in our cells, in our aura and everything, in every single part of us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we carry that for sure. Yeah. And it can be, it can be um, in the form of emotion or, yeah. or denser pockets. It can be in the form of energies that have a little bit more life to them um, that attach. And we can tend to repeat the same story. Yes. I, I just discovered that I still have PTSD. That's something that I thought I overcome 
from uh, my, my past uh, relationship that I had mm-hmm. with my third husband that used to beat me. And I thought, okay, I already forgive him. Everything is fine. I heal myself. So that is cool. That is fine. But I just recently discovered that huh, I still carrying some of residual from my PTSD from that time in this life. But then put me to think it, it is the same perpetrator that it was from one of my past lives. Mm-hmm. It was him. So I've been carrying this, not only from this timeline. I'm, t- I'm carrying this from other timelines in my past. Mm-hmm. I have to heal my PTSD from past lives. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, that's that's that list that I was talking about, how we have this whole list of things we have to learn as we come down. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we don't learn something with somebody, we're usually like, okay, do you want to go try again? Okay, let's go try again. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we're, when we're, when we're in our soul, our soul presence and, and that enables us to come down and do it again, because, you know, we do have to learn these lessons. So we find a way to make it happen for us. That put me to think of now going back to the, what we were talking before about the, the phantoms or mm-hmm. the ghosts that uh, many of them, they are not even realized that they are dead. No, it's true. It's true that I, I can't even tell you how many. So I, I, I do crossing over work. Uh, it became part of my, my mission, I guess. <laughs> it was one of those things that chose me. I didn't choose it, but it, uh, it showed up. Um, and it started, I'm a physical empath. Um, and so when I first started, I would feel like their whole death journey. And I would be like, <laughs> I remember there's been many times I've had to tell them to back up a bit because it w- I feel their pain too much um, and that sort of thing. So that's how I realized that that was my job because they would come to me and they'd be like telling me their whole story. And I'm like, you just need to go into the light, go into the light. <laughs> so then you know you do some learning and you find a way that you're supposed to do this and how it works for them and and all of that stuff and you start to to do it and it just becomes a thing you you know there's there are because we've chosen these specific missions before we came down it just it manifests in your life in that way you know and I think you've had similar experiences right that's one of those things that we, yes, we share in our I, practices I know when someone is about uh, to cross over and also I help them to cross over many times or I encounter them. I do clearance to of mm-hmm. homes and things like that. And as soon as I arrive somewhere, I I notice what is around and what is lingering in, in a house or in a place. Yeah. And yes, uh, in fact, in this house, it was a, a lady that, old lady that died here alone. And she had, I believe, dementia or something like that. But she likes painting. So every time I painted, she came over and so forth. And it was fine. I had company when I was painting. <laughs> so my kids start finding out that it's like having a little mouse observing you. Like, what is that, mom? I saw something moving. It's like, yeah, I have to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> we need to ask her to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was your house, but I bought it. You don't live here anymore. You have to cross over. <laughs> I know you're confused. <laughs> I find the ones that are confused the most are the ones that it's like traumatic, like sudden death, you know, like car accidents and and things like that, where it, it happens really quickly and they don't even realize it. Yeah. Those ones that, you know, they'll come to me and they'll be like really frustrated because they've been trying to talk to people and they're not talking to them. And it's because they're, they're not in the same frequency, you know, they're, they can't hear you or they can't, they can't they can't respond because they're not aware of you then you know those are the ones that are a little challenging because you actually have to say well you kind of have to move on now this is you know your time here on physical in the physical has already passed you know that's why people aren't seeing you that's why they're not hearing you and so that you know they they can get a little bit emotional and you know that's where I call in the archangels to come and help right and archangel Raphael for the healing and Archangel Azrael to come in for the for the transition and Michael just in case (laughs) good old protector you know call them in to help help them go through and the ones he had they die with dementia also Mm. those are I encountered those several of those 
because that's the, the part that they don't understand because they're still living in the past. They were, when they were alive, they were living in a different reality. So they don't even realize when they died, they continue right. doing that in the other reality because that's what they were doing they were there or alive. Yeah. So that is just encountering them that grows to the light. They don't understand why they have to cross to the light if they're alive in their head. Yeah. Yeah. I have a theory about Alzheimer's and stuff, actually, because, you know, I find there really is there's so many different frequencies. And I, I often talk about frequencies like tuning into it like you would on a, a tuning knob on a radio. You know, you, you can tune into the different frequencies. And um, I I sort of feel like those those people are very much they're, they're It's like their radio station's gone off a little bit. So they're not quite on the station. So they're not on the next station, you know. They're kind of in that static area <laughs> between, and it's not quite to the point that, you know, they've gone already, but their soul is kind of half out, half in, you know, and I, I it's like, as they progress, it becomes le less and less in. I mean, we've, we've talked about how the, the guides showed me this, um, like a glass office building with all these different floors and they're all open with this this open uh like an elevator shaft sort of thing and then and you know we can be in multiple dimensions at the same time and that's kind of what happens you know it's like when we're doing so when even for us when we're doing like really physical like we're doing the dishes and we're focused and we're having to really or driving a car right we have to be mostly in our 3d reality to be able to manage that kind of you know, that kind of thing. So we need to do the grounding. We need to make sure we're in this ground floor of this office building. But then when we start to do some of our, our meditation work, we start to send part of this, this soul, which I sort of picture as like white cloud sort of substance, right? Like if you want to picture it as something that's coming out of this ground floor and we're sending some parts of that up here and then some parts up here. And as we get deeper in meditation, we're going higher. You know, I say higher, but it's higher frequency only, not higher physically. Um, and, but we can have like, you know, 20%, 20%, 20%, we can have different amounts on each of these floors. And so my thought about Alzheimer's and dementia is really that they start off like most of us, most of us are only about probably 90, even when we're totally physical, we're probably only about 90% here is what I'm hearing. Um, and then we, we start to, there's little bits on some of these others, right? And then, uh, and that's where, you know, we're, we're aware of stuff that's happening around us and not, not just what's in the body. And then as we start to have Alzheimer's and we start to go through that process, more and more ends up sort of staying up in these upper, upper floors of this glass office building. And so there's less and less in this physical reality. So they're less capable of doing what they need to do. There's less, less, um, energy going to the brain there's less energy going to the physical body because they tend to regress and so that's kind of my theory on like alzheimer's and dementia you know they they tend to do that but it's not it's a natural progression and it's meant to be that way so it's not like we can change the progression of that and something to remind everybody we choose what sickness we're going to have we even before we are born Mm -hmm. We know uh, what experience we're going to have in this line, in mm -hmm. this line, etc. We choose all that, and Alzheimer's it is one of them. It is one of those. Yeah. As much as that's hard to take accountability for, though, you know, when people have had really tough lives and you tell them that, and they're like, I would never choose what I've gone through. But our, we have to remember that our soul has a very different perspective. Our perspective or our objective in the physical body is to like enjoy life and and be here, be physical and do stuff. As a soul, we're going down to check off this list that we got. We're not here to just do whatever physical. That's that's the bonus of being physical is that we get to taste and feel and all of that stuff. But we have our mission is really our soul mission because we are soul spiritual beings having a physical experience. Hi everyone, this is Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. And I wanted to talk to you about Add to the Heart. That is a transformational system that I created that it goes in three levels. And at the end, even you receive a certificate as a healer and a channeler. But let's start from Add to the Heart level one, 
that is transformation and metamorphosis, like my book. That is precisely the path to the heart level one. And the path to the heart level one, it is because many of us, I, I used to feel like that, even as a Reiki master and learning so many techniques, every time I work with a client, I did not felt that I did enough or that I was good enough. And yes, that came from a childhood trauma that started there because I was overachiever. I always trying to prove myself to others. And I was a, a people pleaser because I was too afraid to stay alone or people would leave me if I was completely me. I have a lot of resentment to myself for all the mistakes that I have done in the past. And I bet many of you have felt the same way as I used to feel. Well, in Path to the Heart, we are gonna be working with the shame, with the blame, blaming others because a person that is not responsible of their own actions, it is gonna be very hard that they can move forward and actually change their life. We have to start owning our things. And in Path to the Heart, you will learn how to start owning your things, but not only stay that, okay, I did. Yes, and now what? Now you have to learn to forgive yourself for making the choices that you did and forgive others because you're gonna start seeing others in a very different way. You're gonna to learn to become the observer of your own thoughts and your own emotions and letting go all that shame and blame that has been keeping you stuck. And at the same time, the fears, that the fears is a limiting belief because we're, I work as an NLP deep inside in Theta level. And I explain all this and we work in Theta level with activations and, and meditations. We have a group also where it's gonna be supporting you, people that are working with themselves in the same level. And how many of you also have got stopped because what other people will think about you? So the judgments of others can affect you if you let them. And you're gonna learn in this uh, program how you're gonna let go the judgments of others. So like that, you really will feel free and empower yourself. So like that, you make better choices and be less reactive. And first of all, you're gonna learn how to love with yourself and love your life that you have right now. The second level, it is about clearing family lineage, removing vows and contracts that we all do every time we speak. And I'm gonna finish the second level with a soul retrieval. You're gonna be bringing those fragments of soul that you have left because of fear, shame, or blame, or grief. We are gonna bring those parts of yourself so like that it can get integrated to your own self. The third level. The third level is about learning how to channel and learning all the types of channeling. And we do a lot of practicing there, but not only there, we stay. You're gonna learn how to heal at the same time your own clients in a theta level. And the good part about my program, A Path to the Heart, it is that you can integrate all the techniques that you have learned before from Reiki, from different modalities and so forth, and you can integrate them in my program. So if you are interested, just give me a call and let's have a chat. And I will be more than happy to have a discovery call with you. It's a 30 minutes call. This is a program that it is for coaches and healers and yoga teachers and massage therapists, people that work already with energy, people that already are working with themselves, but they don't know how to continue moving forward. So if this program is calling you, give me a call. My name is Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. I do would like to talk about the, the, the people that many are in a mental hospital. Mm. Many of those people that are in a mental hospital, it is, I'm not gonna deny that they're not mental illness because they exist. Mm -hmm. But many of them are just because they were honest with the doctor and told them they were channelers or they were psychics or they were yeah. understanding energy in different ways that human society, it is not in the books yet. Mm -hmm. but and some of them have those denser energy attachments yes that we talked about um and they that uh, those types of attachments tend to um influence our behavior 
in ways that are not usually <laughs> all that socially acceptable. And so that becomes, it puts people at risk of, of being misinterpreted and, you know, and really it's not that person. It's, it's the, the energies that are attached. So like, like many channelers that do trans channeling, like I do, I choose which energy I allowed in my own body to yes. and transmit the message and so forth. But when people are not aware that they have the free will, that they can actually choose what energy is gonna come into their body and give the message or what kind of message they're gonna give, that's when they allow anything or any energy in themselves. That's right. And it's really, it's a shame because it's kind of a, um, if we were to educate more, yes, it would happen less. Yes. Right. But the more we educate, the more people get scared. And so it becomes more pushed, pushed down because people don't want to be fearful. Yes. Unfortunately, Hollywood, uh, religions mm. and schooling are the ones that have blocked that education and that's the ones that have brought fear mm -hmm. and not the ones that we're trying to educate yeah what about the energy that is around them and hollywood is a big yes. big one it's a really bad one that has been educating since i believe movies started mm -hmm. about uh about energies when and it's not they're not educating they're misinforming about what it is happening with extraterrestrial lives or yeah. what things that we cannot even see yeah or what is hell what is heaven yeah i mean that in in my frame of reference this could be considered hell that we're in and, you know i don't feel that there is a hell but it's just a lower vibration existence yeah right exactly so i don't really believe in hell in the traditional um religious concept i guess i i i do feel there's a lower vibration space that people live in and it, you know they can have these energies that that influence and and take away maybe some of our quality of life and our wellness and so healing is really you know it's a beautiful gift that i am honored to be able to 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 help people with and you know i think that that's that's where people need to focus really right and and for me the healing journey it's about getting to know yourself it's not necessarily about taking all the negative but it's about getting to know who you are reframing how you see yourself because we've been programmed to think <laughs> we're sinners we're you know they, they, that's all the fear and so if we can take the fear out of life and start to look at things from a perspective of love, from a perspective of compassion for all, you know, then we can start to move into this higher vibrational lifestyle. And not only that, to understand that at the same time, that we have to love our two sides. Everything, yeah. Even the more thin fabric has two sides. Mm -hmm. And we are not different than a fabric. Yes, we have our darker side and we have our light side. Mm -hmm. We need to love and integrate both of them because both of them are us. Mm -hmm. Our ego is not separated from us as our higher self. No. We need to love both, both sides. Because we are like, like actors in a play, right? We play roles in, a, in this play we call life. And that's why I was surprised when I encountered this PTSD mm -hmm. from that uh, past relationship. Because I came to understand that even if my, my third husband used to beat me and so forth, it took a lot from me to understand and put myself together again and so forth and believe in me. And blah, blah, blah. But I came to understand that he was my teacher. Mm -hmm. I have to learn how to love myself. And even learning to forgive him because he actually signed up to be that perpetuator in mm -hmm. this timeline. Mm -hmm. And and more that you do this kind of work, you understand more about the soul to soul. We actually sign up for that. Mm -hmm. For him to be the perpetuator and me to be the victim in that moment. 
Yeah. And to learn to put myself together that Humpty Dumpty again. Yeah. But, uh, and, and to understand that this is a story that probably has been repeating of their, over the centuries. Mm-hmm. The same person. Mm-hmm. Often I think we do it with the same person because we get really skilled at those roles, yeah. right? And there's also the karmic aspect. So yeah. we may do it with the same person with reverse roles. Yeah. So Maybe we I might, and we, because you both have to learn what it's like to be in both roles, right? Yeah. So that may, that can happen as well. Yes. Yes. And, and, um, Going back to what it is, heaven and hell, mm-hmm. there is a lot of misconception because all the religions in the world, they have put fear and they have learned to control human beings through that. Mm-hmm. If you're a good person and you go to church and you give us donations and so forth, you're going to go to heaven. If you don't give donations and you don't go to church or this and that, you're going to go to hell. And those are just programs over programs that they have control the human being to be a good person because of fear not because it's actually in them to be doing good for others it's just fear for themselves so that is not even real the good person if you're doing it for that reason yeah so that's you know that's often why i i encourage people to make decisions life decisions out of love instead of out of fear yes you know, when we make decisions out of fear, we we will often look back at it and go, oh, that maybe wasn't the best choice because we thought we were going to avoid a negative, dense situation or feeling or, you know, but really, if we'd made it out of love, we probably would have avoided it as well, just that we were too afraid to see the options in love. And something that I, I feel that is uh, important to mention right now, it is that I also have heard many people that says that God is the one they have to judge, not not humans. Hmm. And uh, and something that I wanted to bring out, uh, it is that God do not judge. This is a loving father or mother, or it, it doesn't matter. It's an energy that is not judging. The one that judge each other, it is ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're the worst judge persons, and we're the ones that decide where we are going to go with that fear to hell or heaven because we're creating those two. Right. And that's why it's different for everybody the mm-hmm. hell or the heaven, depending on the beliefs of each person they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we are creator beings. Mm-hmm. So we create our reality, whether we create it before, like we talked about, or we create it, you know, for the future or what we perceive as future, <laughs> right? What do you have heard from the higher realms about what happened after that? Mm. We are, we become energy. So we really, they've had, you've, we've heard lots of stories about this energy, the, our energy leaving our bodies. And we can really tell, like, if you've ever had an experience where you've been with anyone who's passed, um, and you can really see the difference, right? It's very different from seeing somebody that's animated and they have all the life in them. That's that energy that is their soul. So that's why, you know, when I say it permeates all of us, that's that's what happens. And then when that leaves, um, it's this little bundle of energy, you know, and it needs to go into the light. So there's, you know, for me, my process anyway, is that I create a pillar of light and I play traffic control and they go into the pillar of light. And what that does is it just takes them to a different dimensional frequency, right? It raises the vibration to create a different frequency where they can go and join their soul family, you know, and they go through a soul review with their guides first. So that's where they're like, okay, learn that, learn that, learn that on this list that I talk about, learn that, learn. Oh, I didn't learn that. I didn't learn that. Okay. All right. I guess I'm going to go back. So then they go, you know, have a visit with their soul family and they're like, okay, so you're going to do this. You're going to, and they end up coming back, right? Until we finish that whole list. And when we finish the list, then we have to go to school. So there's spirit school that we go to after when we've learned everything we can learn down here on earth, which takes a few for some of us, (laughs) slow learners. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
then, you know, we, we go to spirit school where we learn stuff that we can't learn here um, before we actually graduate from there and become creator beings. Well, many souls that come to planet Earth, we came for our calling. Yes. We're not even earthlings. Yeah. So it was hard to learn to be a human. Just imagine it. I come from Mexico. When I moved to the United States, I have to learn to become American mm -hmm. because it's a very different culture, even their neighbors. Mm -hmm. And the kind of food, the Spanish to English, the culture, it, it is very different. Now imagine being a star being, planet mm -hmm. Earth, <laughs> learning to be human. Yeah. That's has yeah. to be shocking for all yeah. of us. I think, I, I, according to my Vedic astrology, anyway, anyway, my my astrology stuff, it's um, I've actually had many less lives on Earth than I have on other planets. So my soul itself is a very old soul, but I'm fairly new to the Earth gig. Um, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> I, I have been here though since pre-biblical times i've been in that kind of, but my soul's really old so it percentage wise yeah. um i've had more lifetimes in the uh in the galactic realm of things so you know pleiadian and um arcturian and and syrian basically uh yeah. like from sirius b so that's that's kind of my galactic thing that was the other thing i didn't mention at the beginning is that i'm also a galactic ambassador um and a galactic teacher and so that's you know, another part of my calling. Um, and I think that's probably because of these many lifetimes in, in, in the other, the other bodies, types of physicality <laughs> and not physical, depending on the lifetime. And those are experiences that we have also traumas from there. Mm -hmm. that we have, uh, that we brought to planet earth and yeah. many of the the star beings, star seeds, they are born. They are bringing all that information from that, uh, from that, those lives to planet Earth. Correct. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's the same as having lives here. It's in in that sense, you know. I mean, I think there may be less propensity to bring trauma from those lifetimes because they tend to be more advanced beings, so a higher vibrational frequency. It, um, in those places creates a more loving environment uh so there's a little bit less trauma but uh, they're influenced by lower dimensional beings or lower vibrational beings the same as we are here so it, they still do have some of that stuff and they have also the wars of orient let's not forget that yeah yeah exactly you know the there are there are some reptilian races that have been not very kind um and some insecticide races that are some and I do want to say some because I did have uh, an encounter with some um some insecticide beings that they were like please tell everybody we're not malevolent like we're not all malevolent you know there are some of us here that are very uh, beneficial for you and <laughs> we really want to help you and 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 so I did promise I would bring that forward um but the in history in our in in the galactic history there has been uh, there have been many wars um that have created that kind of trauma there have been those experiences there i think that uh part of that though is part of how they have all evolved the way they have you know because you can't change without chaos or or that resistance we have to have some kind of a a, a catalyst for change we don't it, in general souls like to just you know kind of go along and that's why we're so resistant to change here because we just want things to be calm and loving and you know and that's just that's fine but we don't learn yes we have to have the grist for us to learn unfortunately we learn from our mistakes Mm -hmm. or more than our successes yeah that doesn't mean it is impossible but that's not the majority of the time yeah so really we should be celebrating when we when we make mistakes in many ways right because it's that opportunity to learn so like that whole word i love the acronym fail right 
first attempt in learning is is what a fail is. And sometimes it's a sale, a second attempt in learning. (laughs) (laughs) But we still we we're very persistent. Um, You know, we can be very resilient. And, And I think that that's the beautiful part. So if we can continue to learn as we go down our journey, because that really is our healing journey, learning about self, learning about our journeys here and elsewhere. And if we can continue to learn and love each other and have compassion for ourselves and others, that's how we're going to really evolve, I think, here on our journey. That is beautiful. Okay, we're going to be needing to have a, a second interview because I would like to talk more about the the galactics. Yeah. And uh, that's part of our lineage. Mm-hmm. And uh, and many people are questioning that. And more right now in this time. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're about, I feel like it's uh, all over me that they're about to actually present themselves more openly. Mm-hmm. to the general population so like that more people actually believe in them so in them and there's no more hiding everything that it was hiding is going to come out to the light and yeah. that's one of the things yeah that's that's really coming actually um so in my work as galactic ambassador i do work with uh you know commander ashtar sheeran and um general radon of the pleading command and stuff like that so um in that work you know that's that's been the buzz around the Galactic Federation. I would say table, but it's not really a table. But anyway, around the group is is that it is the buzz that uh, they're talking about how to do this in a way that doesn't create fear. And that's always been the conversation. How do they let themselves be known here without the fear that's created? And I think you know we in many ways we've we've started that journey with things like um our movies and stuff right like star wars and star trek and all of those kinds of movies uh, encounters encounters of the third fifth kind or whatever it was the movie that that one um even et yes you know those start to introduce the idea in a way that's a little bit more uh, palatable for us i think Yes, and they're not all because they're uh, ETs or they're extraterrestrials, not necessarily that make them bad. No. One of the races that is more violent, it's the human. Yeah, it is. And actually, I so I'm I I'm actually a, a galactic ambassador in the astral, but I'm also a galactic ambassador in um, the physical. So I work with an organization called the Alliance for Extraterrestrial Diplomatic Contact. And um, they are uh, an organization. They're working behind the scenes at NATO to, or with the UN, I should say, to um, have some changes made uh, to the conventions to allow for diplomatic contact. Um, Another initiative they have is that they have $50 million already to build an embassy um, that's going to be on nonpartisan land. So that's what they're working on now is finding the place for it because it has to be owned. An embassy is typically owned by the country that it represents. And so it has to be not owned by anyone on earth, this land. So that's a a bit of a tricky uh, legal thing. Um, But once we get that sorted out, you know, there's there's 50 million dollars there to build an embassy um, to have these kind of diplomatic discussions with our galactic brothers and sisters as they as they feel that it's fit to come down and start having chats so that's uh i'm totally honored to be involved in this kind of a uh, project so yeah so it's lots of fun Mm -hmm. no we're gonna need to have that conversation too soon Mm -hmm. and uh and do you have something else that you would like to add before we say goodbye to our friends that are listening You know, I always add with the thought that we're here to learn, we're here to love, and we're here to live. And so do those things, right? Learn, love self and others, and show compassion. You know, and I know it's not always easy 
it's not meant to be easy, but we are capable of living in love, living with compassion. So remember that we are all that light, that divine light inside. And look at life through curious eyes, with curiosity, to find shared understandings. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Dennis. And thank you, everybody, for being here. And if you resonate with this video, please share it. We will appreciate that. And, uh, and hey, give us a your review. We will appreciate that. Thank you so much. This is Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. And thank you for being in Soul Talk. <laughs>